Hey guys, welcome to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast, brought to you by Legendary Gear, a game call company that is legend by design. You can check them out at legendarygearusa.com, legendarygearusa.com. I'm George Lynch, your host in this podcast and also the tuner for Legendary Gear. Saying around here, if it's not good enough for my lanyard, it's not good enough for yours. Well folks, this week it's getting close to the goose opener here, and I know some of the states, the early goose season's already open. And they're just kind of a, we're going to do a kind of a reminder and refresher talking about uh, do's and don'ts and things to look forward in this early goose season. Just kind of remind you guys and kind of knock a few of about inside of the head just to remember. And we're going to talk about calling. We'll talk about decoys and setup and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm not going to get uh, overly uh, into what style of decoys or what i'm using what brand you know we're not going to get into that it's just basically we got a lot of good decoys out there i try to put the best things i try all different things you know another thing i like to remind you guys you know if any of you guys got a question about a certain product out there uh gun ammo decoys you know any type of strategy hey man feel free to reach out um ask my opinion i can guarantee i've got a, a quite a bit of experience with a lot of the products out there, I'll give you my honest opinion. I never will really bad talk anything. I just give my honest opinion and, and see if it, you know if, if it's hype or if it's true. Anyway, let's uh, get going on this. You know, it's, it's funny. I'm always talking about reading birds. You know, it's always important to practice and, and being one with your call, so to speak. You know, we're trying to emulate goose sounds. And um, trying to get away from what you've heard me talk before about getting away from goose rhythm and human rhythm and and uh, actually trying to be goose rhythm and get away from human rhythm. But you heard us talk about that. And it's funny. I was watching uh, on social media. I think it was Instagram. And I'm not going to mention the company, but a video pops up and there's a couple gentlemen on there and they're talking about reading geese and we're going to do a quick video and I take it it's a a be some b-roll that they're doing while they're out in the field and they're hunting and they had a huge spread of silhouettes I mean a large spread and uh, I'll get talking about that because that's kind of a to me a no-no in the early season but anyway it's a different story but I'm listening to them and so they're going to talk about uh, how to call birds they're going to take a time about, uh, you know, how, what the, the correlation of what they run in the, in the field and uh, how they finish geese into the bootstraps, I guess, so, so to speak. And so the gentleman gets going on and he starts talking about, uh, you know, I like to get this and he's, he starts this. And he starts doing this this fast stuff and, he, and he's talking about it and that's what he likes to do every time when when he sees geese and it's so funny because as he's speaking he says oh man hey look at there look at there he turns to the camera guy and the camera guy swings you can see him swinging and panning around in the field and up in the sky dude there is probably 10 to 12 honkers they are locked those wings you know how they bow and it's almost like they're touching each other you know, and they're gliding. They're probably about 20 yards off the ground, and they're sliding in. And as soon as they see them, they're probably about, once they hit 60 yards, they both get up and start. <laughs> they 
they start really hitting the calls hard. And uh, I kind of sit there and, and <laughs> as they're doing this, you know, I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. I just, they're, they're going to blow those geese out. And sure enough, man, when, when those geese got, you know, to about 50, 40 yards and they hit that, they hit that hard calling, they peeled one half the group peeled right. The other half peeled left. The other group circle around with the other ones. So he looks at his buddy and says, well, let's finish these and, and show them how to do it. So they get down under their blinds. And again, they're, they're hitting, hitting that fast stuff. And, I, uh, you know, the geese peel off. And then it shows the next scene clip. And they go back talking about how to read geese and calling them. And it's very comical because this is some of the things that I preach about before that, um, you know, when, you, when you're reading geese and you're seeing geese and calling geese, you got to learn to be able to read them. And there is not one call that's set up for every situation. Now, I kind of have a sequence that I use if I have to be aggressive and I'm trying to get geese that are either peeled or might be out there. Maybe if I'm hunting traffic geese, you know, I totally can understand that because you're trying to reach out. But when you got birds on the deck and the bootstraps and and they're coming in, you know, my opinion is, hey, leave that call there and is uh, and kind of put the call in your pocket and let the birds work. I mean, they're they're down and I would have guessed I probably would have laid a hundred dollar bill on that that they'd have finished those birds and shot them right off the right off about you know ten twenty yards right in the in the in the spread. And I, I had to laugh because. The reasoning for every time they see geese that they got to run the call super hard is because we have a lot of decoys here and we're trying, we have to emulate all these birds. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't care how good a call you are and, and I don't care how good a caller your buddy is, unless you, even if you clone yourselves, but you're not going to sound like 300 geese. And the only time that you got 300 geese very excited as in two ways and, and a lot of that let's say in a refuge especially is when they just landed and when they're getting up when a big flock is getting up and the big flock's coming down and you've got a ton of birds and it's usually in a roosting area but in a feeding area that's not the deal and we're not working really with what i call true mighty uh, migrator geese who are used to the big flocks and, and you're trying to pull them again traffic geese but this, what I'm trying to say is that this is seems to be the thought process, and that's one of the dangerous things that, to me, of, of learning everything and thinking that YouTube is going to be the trainer, is that that is totally wrong information. You know, they looked very professional, and they might have had seven, eight bands on their lanyard, and and uh, you know they're in nice blinds, and but I will give two things. Like I said, number one, an early season geese, and they were hunting big honkers. I've always said this, and I filmed a lot of times on this, that, you know, if I have a field that's got 300 geese in it, that field is going to be broken up in family groups. And, and there's going to be 20 geese here, 30 geese, but each group's got their family groups. And the majority of the time they're coming out here, especially in, the, in this early season, they're coming out the field to feed and then back off. They're not staying there all day. They're not going to sleep. They're, you know, they're there to feed and, and gone and back to a, to a holding spot, to a loafing pond. Or somewhere cattle pod could be golf course, whatever. But it's what I call loafing ponds. At uh, anyway, when these geese are spread throughout the whole field, 
But putting that big spread out there and then putting it in one spot, you know, one thing to me, it's causing a red flag. But they could have done a lot better. And we like to start out with less is more. You know, go out in that field and, and, and try a dozen and a half. Try 18, 25 decoys. Do me two dozen decoys. If they're coming to that spot and they're seeing that. But increase your, your spread as the pressure and, and the season it goes. So, you know, we used to have a saying that we don't like to show all our cards, you know, when we're hunting geese in our area. We're, we're trying not to educate these birds. And that's, to be honest with you guys, the guys in the south and the southern states and southern Midwest that are hunting honkers, you know, they, they're, they're seeing this. I see it. I'm down here in southern Iowa, and I'm seeing birds coming down here that especially in that late season, man, they're so pressured. And they've heard all the calling. They've seen all the decoys. And, you know, it's just getting tough to kill them. And they figure it out. The dead geese, they're done. And they don't tell any secrets. The dead ones don't. But the live ones do. So, you know, it, it's it's always trying to start out with less and increase as you go. You're going to find more success in your area. You're going to have more success in that field. And trying to get more use out of that field instead of having two or three burnt hunts or you burn a field out just so you can have a pile pitcher with you and your your buddies with smiling, you know, ear to ear with 12, 15 guys. It's, I mean, that looks good, but it's probably one of the few pictures you're going to have on your Facebook for the whole season. You know, beware of the guy who likes to go out there and sneak in, shoot, shoot into three flocks, kill his birds, get out, get back in. He's going to have good hunting pretty much through the season by picking his spots and picking his fights and uh, being careful of what you're doing. And, you know, I like to utilize peninsulas, fence uh, fence rows. I like to get in chopped cornfields with standing corn still in it. Uh, but, you know, hunting away from the middle of the field, trying to, well, I can still hunt and kill geese to the, bring them to the fence lines, bring them to the peninsula points, wood edges, anything I can do like that. Even little islands that set out there, if you can, so to say. Try to get those geese used to, where, you know, where I can kill them. When it gets to the point that I can't bring them anymore to the to that fence row and, and with my dozen and a half, two dozen decoys, then you can start moving out in the middle of the field and you can start putting the layout blinds, thatch them in there. You can start increasing your blind. But you see what I'm doing is I'm showing my hand as I'm going and not giving it an opening day. Always thinking about tomorrow. And if you do that, you and your buddies, I think, will find that you'll have... doesn't mean you're going to limit out every time you hunt, but I think you're going to have a chance of at least once or twice have one or two volleys that come in. You know, what's wrong with that every time you're hunting? Getting one or two volleys of honkers that come in and, and being done. And if you guys are good shooters, you should be done in a couple volleys. If you bring them in close and tight, it doesn't take long. But it's just something to think about. And I was saying sitting there today and um, just kind of ran across that. And this is... and. This isn't the, I'm not just knocking these guys. This isn't the only post out there like that. I mean, there's there's a lot of these videos out there. And, and it frustrates me because the younger kids that come up there, and these guys are doing are young. And for some reason, this generation, they list, they, it's an attention getter with, you know, the young crowd. And a lot of times it isn't that you have to know everything. It's just, I think they identify because of age structure, age group. I don't know, but I will say this, and the Bible talks about there's always wisdom in age, and I hope that uh, the older I get and the more time I spent there, there's a little wisdom it requires that you get. And uh, to me, I think the humane thing and, and the common thing is giving back to the industries is spreading that wisdom to the younger guys. And um, like I said, 
it's like shooting um they call the dart system i don't know if you guys ever shot archery but you know a guy thinks he's ready to hit the woods by shooting uh animals on a screen inside a building and standing in perfect position he's ready for the woods and it's not even close to the same thing and the experience of having that big buck or ever live animal a live animal in front of you in 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 just few feet and you know and you can feel your heart beating and your chest is about ready to your heart come through your chest and you know that feeling that doesn't give that feeling and learning to control your emotions and thinking ahead and picking the shot that all comes with experience and you have to be out there and the only way to get it is you got to be in the field you got to you know and try to learn from what you're doing doing the same thing all the time and, and expecting different results is crazy and um so anyway i had to pass that along and it just i saw it today and i said you know what i got i'm gonna get on a podcast today and i know that uh, we've kind of done a lot about talking about goose hunting and hunting the early season but um i just want to get on that and and, and kind of cover that before we get going when i'm talking about again with decoys when i'm scouting out and i've said this before and i've i've seen this many times studying early season geese uh, especially in august when they after they get done molding we used to see two, three hundred, four hundred in a field uh, down there by Lake Erie where I used to live, and you'd see those birds. But like I said, there'd be three or four hundred out there, but they'd be all spread out in that field, and then they're in their family groups, and majority of them are heads down. And you had one or two uh, century, what they call century, heads up. I call them coyote watchers, coyote watchers, or spotters, and uh, very quiet. But those geese would just kind of work in, and you know, even uh, different family groups. They didn't always pile in with the other family groups. They kind of went to their own spot, and then they kind of migrate, migrate to each other. But it's still, it's spread apart. When you concentrate all that, you know, if you look at a field that might be a half mile long and, and three or 400 yards wide or 300, 200 yards wide, they can spread a lot of, you know, 300 geese can spread out through that whole field. When you put it down in one corner, all those, it's just not a natural look. And what I've always said, too, is you've got the birds that's been coming in that field before the season started, and they're hitting that pretty hard. Those early geese, and then say you've got six, 800, even 1,000 geese of local, you know, giants that might be hitting that field, they come in every day, and that first flock that comes in, they know they're the first group every time. And when they're, so they know what that field looks like as they're approaching. They know that it's not chock full. And I use the analogy to take it, you know, if you went, got up every morning at five o'clock, six o'clock, and you had your favorite restaurant down the road that you went to, and every day you're always the first one in there, had your seat that you always went, your coffee waiting on you. And all of a sudden, after, you know, a couple of weeks of going into your favorite place every morning and the parking lot's empty, and this is the same presentation, all of a sudden you show up one day and the parking lot's full, you're going to circle around, circle around a couple of times and probably go to the restaurant down the road. And that's the same thing with geese. So to me, if I'm hunting, and again, we can always add, but you know, concealment's more important than anything. If you got a big group of guys, break them up in two groups and, and you know, get your three volleys, get out. Uh, each guy, if you want, you want to take two volleys per group and, and then switch it again, however. But, you know, I just think that hunting with 12 and 15 guys and, and then that's the reason of all the hard calling we're just educating birds guys and it, it, we're hurting all of ourselves we're hurting each other we're, we're you know it's hurting the guys south of us it's hurting the guys in your own area and then it, it's going to turn and start hurting you because like i said everything gets caught and he gets used to that but pretend that you know here they come so what i like to do is if 
you know, if we get our concealment and, and we're back and say we're in a peninsula fence row, even if we get out in the middle of the field and we start putting up our, our blind and, and we're trying to draw them into the, the, the center of the field, I like to use the last decoys and try to make them look as real as possible. They're there. They're coming there to feed. I Like, again, every, the old rule of thumb was every dozen decoys was one century, the rest feeders. Now, if you want to put a couple resters in there, I would. I'm not crazy about active decoys, and I've explained that before. Just when you got a field full of active decoys, it really represents danger and alertness to the geese. They're alerted to something with all the upright heads. Just remember that. And I think with more heads and more feeders and heads down, you can use less decoys and get away because you're showing a sign of contentment. And they're there, they're feeding, they're happy, they're content. So using the less is more. I try to get that. And once I'm saying, you know, we can't kill them anymore with, with a dozen and a half decoys, I'll increase to the three dozen. And then you can go from there. I've never, some guys like to use silhouettes and full bodies together. I've really never liked using them to me if I was going to mix them and I had my blind and say if I was in an A-frame or I want not even A-frame I'm going to say if I was out in the field and we were using layout blinds and I was going to mix them a lot of times I might put the silhouettes and use them to go around the blinds so, so we're not putting a shadow on the blind just kind of hold them tight and um, kind of take away the shadow of the blind you know is what I'm doing but Anyway, they're good for that, but I'd like really just giving different presentations. So either I'm all uh, big full bodies and go out and, and give one look of full bodies, try a few. If that doesn't do it, you can add some more. Then, uh, you know, after a week or two, go out and one or two hunts and throw the silhouettes out. Then change it back to full bodies. You know, I'm constantly trying to change it up so we're not giving the same look every time. I had some good buddies that they did well in their area, and, and, and they didn't get a lot of hunting pressure in their area. But, you know, every time they hunt, <coughs> excuse me, every time they would hunt, they're always taking out the same amount of decoys. They're emptying their trailer. No matter what, we're always going to empty. I'm going to use every decoy, and they basically set up the same way every time. They're putting the blinds. They're hunting with the same amount of guys. Um, so every time they're out there, you're, you're, you're presenting the same presentation. And, you know, they did well, but they were in an area that didn't have much pressure. And when you go to an area that has a lot of pressure, man, I'm telling you, it just isn't going to get it. And I've been there, done that. Just so really, you know, if, if you haven't done that, let's take this season and just do me a favor and, and, and try what I'm telling you. See, let me know. You know, if you think I'm full of crap, then call me up and tell me, hey, man, we tried it didn't work. And just tell me that. And maybe I'll, I'll just come out to your spot and see if I can make it work for you. Just joking. But anyway, um, try it different. Let me know. Um, you know, if you always get a hold of me, like I said, there's contact on, on my e or email, I think, is on there on the website and stuff. But reach out. You guys got questions. Yeah, I, I do want to see you guys be, you know, successful. Not necessarily successful in my area, but no, I really, I really want to see guys to be successful. And it's about giving back to what you're taking, you know, this, 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 uh, heritage and this way of living i don't call it a sport to me sport you keep score and there's a winner and a loser it, it's a way of life for me it's not a sport but uh i like to give back and if i can help somebody that you know because in my time i've i've had a few people help me or somebody i respected or guys like tim grounds and and uh, charles petty and butch rich and back people that i respected who've, who's helped me along the way 
you know, I, I, I kind of respect and feel like giving back that we all, all season hunters need to give back. And I don't think you'd see so much BS that's going on in social media and, and Instagram and YouTube, um, instant successful hunters, you know, but anyway, I would do that. Just try uh, mixing it up, go with less decoys, try using more, um, content, more feeders into your spread. I think you'll see a lot of difference in that. One thing I am going to talk about as well, like I said, again, I would, there's times that I would flag it in this early season. If you can flag, and I think a lot of times you can get away with flagging uh, this time of year more than in the later in the season because they get catching on to that as well. But, you know, I always flag first. If I got geese out there, even if they're out in the distance knowing that they're coming and they're heading to my spot, I'll still give some flagging um, into the spread. And once they get that 80 to 100 yards, though, I, I really like to quit flagging because I don't want them to pinpoint right to the spot because that means at the end of that flag is my hand and the end of my hand is my body and my body is laying in the spot that I don't want their eyes looking and seeing me or checking it out and, and scoping. I want them scoping into the killing hole, which is away from me. And like I said, if I'm going to have motion, I do like motion in my spread, but only in one part of my spread. And that's usually in the apex of my of the hole where the geese are going. That means that's where their eyes are going to stay. If you got every one of your decoys moving, to me, that it's it alerts to geese that are looking and hunting for food that uh, they're having trouble finding feed. So always remember that. Just try to keep it real and, and try to keep it in a content way when it comes to the calling i'm going to go through this again and i'm not going to get through uh i'll let you know i'm I'm running what i'm running here is our new injected molded call with our game changer guts which is a a broken gut that we're putting in all our new injected line calls it's really almost a, a truly a custom line uh injected molded call um it's not really meant to go super hard and fast that's why i kind of Kind of locked it up a little bit on that one round here, but I will give you, it's a great, it's got a, a real good tight insert to it with a short barrel, so the air burst is going to be quick. It's going to have a quick reaction, but the tight insert is going to give me the back pressure to allow me to get those little trains and little hiccups and the little spits. And it, to me, it's a great finishing call uh, once birds are start coming in. So if I'm hitting that flag and those birds are out there and they're seeing that, so they start getting out there at 100 yards, I'm just going to kind of give them a, let that work a little bit and then i stop and what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to get i'm running that call to get a reaction from those birds and pretty much i mean if they're locked and i see it it's just a little bit i call confidence calling I'm not going crazy. I'm not doing fast murmurs. I'm not doing fast clucking. You know, I'm not trying to, because you're going to blow them right out. Just like I told you in that video, they're going to blow them right out of the field. Guarantee you that's going to happen. But I'm just going to give what I call a little bit of confidence calls. And what you can do then, and then I can start, you know, as they come in, if they start getting vocal, now it has nothing to do with the amount of decoys I got. What can, what pertains to how I'm running that call is how the geese are reacting. Nothing to do with a decoy. It's about the birds in the air. So if they tell me that, hey, I like that, I'm still coming, then you can just give them a little hiccup, a little spit. All 
I'm going to give them a little bit of that if you want to. If I can start, if they're coming in, then all of a sudden they start getting a little excited. I'll give them a little spit with a little hiccup to it. Basically, that's all I'm doing to finish those birds. Now you listen, I'm not running, I'm not overbearing, I'm not pushing them into the next county. I'm just giving those geese just enough confidence to sound realistic on the ground. And they come in, and and my geese, you know, that we're sitting here, they're getting a little the hiccup there in the spit. No, they're getting a little excited. And it, it's just a one goose deal, but it's still goosey and it keeps their a head and eyes down on the hole as they're coming in. I'm not I'm not blowing them out. Now if I want to get as they're coming and I want to add just what I'll give a just a little murmur. I can add a little faster murmur. I'm doing real soft. It's kind of that buzz cluck that they're doing with a little bit of a higher pitch um, where that goose is just, you know, he's content a little bit. He's not overbearing, but he puts a little high pitch at the end. But it's just a little bit of excitement. And I'm telling you what, it is death in the field. Just give them that. <laughs> so you hear everything that i'm trying to do is just it's called finesse calling and this like i said it's just my little our new injected molded call we call it the dirt nap because when you start adding that little goose to them, they, you just put them, little beaks buried right in the dirt. But uh, easy to run. Basically, the insert's doing all the work for me. But it is goosey. And like I said, with the new Game Changer Guts. But, you know, you're looking at a great call that, uh, you know, I'm tuning. All these are tuned by myself. But they got goose in them. But what a great call, especially in the early season when you're hunting bigger geese and, you know, they you want to get a, little, a good moan. You want to get that good rasp goose. You just want to get that content goose. You want to get that real natural goose in it. And that call is just, we'll have them here on the website pretty soon, but it's just um, amazing, easy call to run and finish. Um, we have another one that's uh, a bigger call. It's going to have the bigger goose and a little more volume because it's open. It's kind of a model of my old stage reaper. Uh, there is some improvements I did inside the barrel uh, when I made the mold for this. But it's uh, we're going to call that the big dog. And uh, that, again, will have the um, Game Changer Legendary Gear Game Changer Guts in it. And um, just got the good rasp and a little more volume to it. So... Both those goose calls, just those calls are made, you know, the two different styles are made for two different things. And um, really the only call you need to put on your lanyard is just, you um, really happy, 100% American made um, injected molded call. 
we uh, did all the work here in the United States. Our engineers uh, had engineers that worked on it here. Uh, my uh, the, the mold making company and where they're injected is in upper state New York. We have them dipped up there as well. We have dip calls. And I have some plane calls. You'll see them on the website here pretty soon. But like I said, just plain duck. It's just plain goose. Excuse me, not duck, but plain goose. And uh, you got the big goose and then you got this finesse goose. And I think we cover both worlds on that. You're, you're kind of getting the idea of what, uh, you know, just try the, the less is more um, attitude of, of running. Do not, uh, when you see every time you'll see geese, it's blah, 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 you know, that. It's a great sequence right there, even with this call, you know, if the when the geese start to pull away from me, you know, if I'm sitting there and I always said that, you know, if I'm hitting that, then you'll give them some little... I'm hitting that and bringing them in. If they go to peel, then you can take that slow murmur to. You know, you can speed up that murmur and change that. And that's a different pitch to their ear and get them to turn around and come back in. So you work that. So, But you hear what I'm doing. I'm reading the, the bird first and having each sequence. Now, I, like I said, I kind of use the same sequence, but for different situations. I hope you guys enjoyed this. And like I said, don't hesitate to reach out. Send me an email or anything. Anytime you got a question about goose hunting, duck hunting, deer hunting. Man, I'm all about it. Coyote hunting. I'm all about everything. And I'm all about uh, killing, shooting and killing and, and putting them down. So uh, I enjoy bringing this to you. I hope you enjoy listening to it. I hope that uh, somewhere along the line, if there's just a couple of or one guy we can reach that it changes his hunting season that uh, he's learning something that he's never known or heard. Well, then it's all been worth it. But uh, anyway, I enjoy bringing it to you. Um, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe to our podcast, the George Lynch Hunting Podcast, and check us out. Check us out at LegendaryGearUSA.com. And also check us out on Wednesday on the Outdoor Call radio show. And Dan Young, Dan's a great friend. He's got some great uh, podcasts all through the week. And uh, I really enjoy his Wednesday podcast. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to my Canadian blood brother from the north, Brent Nadu. Brent is uh, wrote the music and the song and the words, everything to our intro. And he is a very talented musician. He's one of those guys that should be down in Nashville in a recording studio. He's also a great uh, waterfowl hunter, great caller. And I just want to thank him and hope to do some more work with him in the future. Hunt safe, hunt smart, and may the good Lord be your guide. Thank you. Well, I'll be out there rain and shining, all a part of the great design. Bring it on, I can never get enough. Because that's what legends are made of.